This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Well, let, you know, let's save this for the show because this is people. Yeah. a lot of people listen aren't obsessed with Nick's Twitter. Um, oh, no. Fly. Ian Bagley, the Nets are close to a deal with ex Nick Lance Thomas per SNY sources. All right, let's, uh, yeah. that's how we're starting it. Okay, let's get all right. Oh, this tough. Is tough. I, I, sorry, like sorry, 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 <laughs> folks. I'm, I'm. Uh, this is real time. This is. You want to talk about real time reaction? This is real time reaction. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Let me just catch you up to speed really quickly. First of all, on the line, not only is my uh, usual Sunday co-host Jeremy Cohen. Jeremy, how are you? Great, wonderful. Can't wait for this. Um, and of all people, of all fucking people, apologies, <laughs> apologies if you have, like, if you're listening to this in the car and you're driving your children to, I don't even know where you'd be driving your children to right now. Um, but whatever, I, to, to Schwinn's house, maybe, I don't know, it's Schwinn, what I, you're... No, I hope not. I, I, I hope <laughs> not, too. Um, uh, Schwinny Poo, um, Ashwin Ramnath, I, I'm going to say your full name because this is a professional oh. setting. Yeah, this is a very professional podcast. As I just blurted out, oh, God. <laughs> so we were, I'll, there's so much backstory, but I'll save the backstory for the immediate backstory, which is that five seconds before I did that intro, Ian Bagley tweeted, the Nets are close to a deal with ex-Nick Lance Thomas per SNY sources. Are, are you mad he didn't say ex-Nick legend? Is that the part that really hurts you with that tweet? <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know how to feel about this because on one hand, you should not feel any fucking way about Lance hold Thomas on. I'm gonna, with I'm, anybody. I'm going to retweet this right now. <laughs> There's just no reason to have any feelings about this beyond it's a thing that happened. No, I that is that's a, that's an incorrect <laughs> that is an incorrect statement. Because I will listen. I'm going to take this seriously. I I feel very seriously and strongly about this. We have we keep being told for years on end that no one wants to play for this organization. That the organization sucks. That everything sucks. It all sucks. And this was a guy who liked being a Nick. Come on, how could that not yeah. have meaning to you? Because they gave him the job. I'm. I would love to have milked one team into giving me twenty million dollars because I had a good. 40 fucking games once. It was like 17 point something million or 18 point something million. Yeah. I think. 20 sounds, 20 sounds better for my oh. agenda though. It does. You, you always have an agenda. So, <laughs> listen, folks, 
We're, this is you want breaking news on this podcast. Here's the breaking news: Schwinn always has an agenda. It's <laughs> it's tainted. It's it's it stinks like the Knicks. Oh God, I don't I'm know. So how to, happy. Are, are you happy? I'm very happy. I I can't wait to see how. Like the Nets are basically trying to tank while signing people KD likes, but like the Wizards are are tanking just as hard. So harder. Yeah, so it, they're 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 not going to keep their pick, and that's great. I'm very happy about that. I think the Nets will get in. I think Beasley will go. I, I like it's what is it now? Beasley, Crawford, and Lance Thomas. So let's let's first make a prediction of those three players. Who is the most likely to go off? Let's rank them one to three. Who's the most likely to go off for fifty points unexpectedly in a game? Well, it can't it can't be Beasley because as <laughs> my play. as my good friend um, and ally who I've only ever praised, Stefan Bondi, uh, mentioned yesterday. That friend friend of he, this podcast, be careful what yeah. you say. Yeah, yeah, friend of your podcast, and certainly uh, one of my good buddies. Friend of yours. Um, he he tweeted that Beasley is suspended for five games. So, <laughs> well, actually, no, that makes it a more interesting conversation because I think the very easy answer, despite the fact that Crawford had 51 in his last game as a pro, I think the easy answer is Beasley. But if Beasley only has three regular, I was going to say regular season games, but whatever you're calling these, three like normal games to do it, that really does shift the odds because, huh. I would say Beasley's my number one. Even, even playing, only three games plus playoffs, if assuming they get there. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Jamal Crawford, yes, he scored, what, it was 51, right, or so? Yeah. yeah. In his yeah, last 51. game? Okay, that's that's fantastic, but he's also at a much older age. I, you know, Lance, I mean, Lance is definitively three. There is nothing in my mind if that Lance can elevate him If Lance fucking over. 20, I'll be surprised. If, listen... I'm the biggest Lance Thomas fan in the world. <laughs> if Lance scores in double digits at any point during his run, something something has gone more horribly wrong than we anticipated going horribly wrong for for the Nets. I just I'm just excited to see one of those patented Lance Thomas uh, the pump fake man. Such a good pump fake, such a great move. And okay. with his foot on the line. Yeah, no, it, it, he pump fakes from a nice clean three to take the perfect long two. I, God. <laughs> I just John, want, if the Nets if the Nets win a single playoff game, will you buy a Lance Thomas Nets jersey? <laughs> so I, I actually think it's a it's it's a fun sports fandom discussion about people because I don't actually think there's a wrong answer to this. Like it like rooting for a different not rooting for a different team, but yes, essentially rooting for a different team because someone you like is on it. Like does that I can't do that. I can't root for the Nets. Yeah, no, no. It, it, you can only do that for teams that, like, you actually don't have any animosity towards. Like, I I was rooting I, – I, like, I love Kawhi, so I was rooting for Toronto last year. And I, like, you know, I didn't care. Like, it didn't bother me. Like, there's no reason for me as a Knicks fan to, to feel bad about that. Now, if, like, Kawhi had been on the Celtics, I would have been telling you exactly why – He's only like the sixth best player in the NBA. Because um, you're just full of you're full of bullshit takes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my takes are all curated, very carefully, <laughs> uh, without any bias. If yeah, you guys can see his 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 nonsense <laughs> tweet deck, it's all just like, man, the wording. I need. I didn't get the wording right. You know. Look, yeah. the fact that your dad is a Celtics fan has nothing to do with the take you just had. That's just right. No, not at all. all. 
Not at all. <laughs> um, I can't. I, I can't. I'll say it right now, flat out. I'm not going to root for the Nets. I don't care how many ex Knicks they sign. Um, I just can't do it. But I'll, if if I see Lance scores like tw- a dozen points, or I'll be you know, I'll, I'll there'll be a warmth in my heart for that. Yeah. I'm just I, I'm just ready for I really want the Celtics to lose to the Sixers in round one. That would be that would make me very happy. Um why? I'm curious. I like I think people are going a little crazy about how good Tatum was this season. And I'm not even saying that to say like he wasn't really good, but like he basically had a killer month right after the All Star break, I think. And like I like I've I've seen people talking about he's a fucking MVP candidate and like you know I think I think somebody who was they had a whole fucking segment this week on like what what what's the stupid afternoon NBA show is that the jump um yeah. I again the the jump uh not the jump the the jump has a fan page which follows me on Twitter so the jump fan page if you're listening Again, the views of the of of Ashwin Ramnath do not reflect the views of the Knicks Film School podcast. I want that to be, but yes, that is the stupid show that's on in the afternoon. Yeah, they they had an entire segment about how like, you know, like is is Jason Tatum already a superstar? And like, you know, look, I'll say this: like, if you want to make the argument that he's already a superstar, that's fine, but you have to hold him to that standard. Then, so like. When the Celtics don't get out of the fucking conference, I don't want to hear any of this shit about like, oh, well, you know, Kemba's not good enough. And no, 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 no. If he's a superstar, you got to treat him like a superstar, and you got to scorn him uh, unfairly and put all the blame when they lose on his shoulders because that's how this works. Well, like, in that case, way- if you're starting a franchise, would you rather have Jason Tatum or Brad Stevens? That's a, obviously <laughs> the people. Obviously that's what the streets are asking. <laughs> I forgot that one. My God, who was that again? Bon Temps. Oh, there was a bunch of people. That was Manix did it too. I think. No, it, yeah. I think it was. Wasn't it, was it Manix? Sure. It, no, was I think it, it was Manix actually. It, it was both. I know for sure both of them did it. And it's just like, guys, <laughs> give it a rest. All right. Um. This is actually, you know, so, okay, a little bit more backstory. We were, I mean, the Lance Thomas news really threw me for a loop. So, again, I apologize if you're listening to this and you and you listen to this for the comforts of normalcy, and I was not able to provide that to you. So, I, I apologize. Um, we, we were talking before we went on air because, um, so, first things first, if you uh, like this show and you have not already subscribed and are a regular listener to the Posting and Toasting show – which Schwinn and, and Drew host um, uh, and is apparently quite good. Um, you should uh, you should subscribe <laughs> and listen to that because Jeremy went on and they were talking for some 45 minutes about some very interesting stuff, which we're not going to double double up on on this podcast. But I was I, I had not really planned much for this pod because I was anticipating coming on because I was not on with them. I was I came on. <laughs> Now, after the fact, and I, I was figuring I would be kind of jumping in midstream, but they they did not have anything uh, for me. So we were we were shooting shit about what to talk about for this show. And we we're going to do some Nick's coaching stuff. But now some, what, some real lazy Sunday podcasting going on with all of us. today. Well, listen, so again, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to spend too much time on the backstory here, but my wife has not been feeling well of late. Which got, you know, I hope she feels better. That's not the point. The point is, this is really infringing on my life in that I 
have been the sole caregiver for my child, who is <laughs> a three-nager in every sense, and it is just awful. And um, this has been days now, and I am at my I am at my wit's end. And um, so, yes, my apologies. Um, this this is not the finely curated content that you have come to expect. Um, <laughs> which is why I'm going to throw it. I'm going to switch it up on the fly. If it's all right with you guys. Um, because I think you just brought up an interesting point, Schwinn, which is like, you're going to be rooting for the Celtics because to lose, cause you're an awful person, but, um, shouldn't, should, I'm, I'm a real Knicks fan. That's why pal. All right. We have there, we have certain enemies that are always going to be enemies. The Celtics, the Bulls, the Pacers, the fucking heat, fucking 76ers. So- but the Rockets. I'm, I'm five so, years like, older basically. than you, and I don't put the I. I consider all those other teams. Yeah, but you're weak. You're you're not strong like me. You're but not, wh- why? You're not a real. You're not a real man. <laughs> well, that's a, a conversation <laughs> for a different day. You know, I'm, I'm sure you you're you're already have your second glass of scotch next to you. So I I wake up. I'm like Winston Churchill. I wake up. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're like Winston Churchill, all right. Um, I I don't know why, like you know, my my proverbial my father's like enemies thus have to be my enemies. Like, why do I need to help us hate the Celtics? There's never been a rivalry there it, during not my lifetime because the '80s were there, but like since I've been watching the game, like the Heat, Pacers, Bulls, I will hate those teams for all eternity. But like. I don't have that in my blood boiling against Boston. I don't know. Have you ever just like watched Paul Pierce live? Well, he sucks, but. That's how can you not understand that the Celtics are a trash organization just for that alone and deserve to be scorned for the fact that Paul Pierce played for their team. Uh, Jeremy, you're you're probably the most conflicted because you have red hair. Do you hate the Celtics? (laughs) Um, yeah, I absolutely do. First of all, if you don't hate the Celtics, then you love racism. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I... John's a racist. That's what we discovered on the podcast today. Breaking news. Macri is outed. Um, the other thing is I went to school in the Boston area and I lived with friends who are all all Boston sports fans. And I had to live through two Patriots Super Bowls. Uh I had to watch the fireworks from my dorm it was terrible uh when they were celebrating the patriots winning i was even with them when the red sox won so i no i hate boston sports my grandmother was a red sox fan uh and even then i still love it when they lose it's fantastic so no i i root for the celtics to lose every opportunity i can unless it affects drafting odds in which case uh, then I'm more conflicted, but I still kind of hope that they lose. I mean, has has any single team and franchise milked more out of a single championship than the the Celtics have? That's a good uh, point. The 2008 no. championship. Uh, that's a great. Well, it's still still maybe, maybe the maybe the Pistons, and even then, I don't see it nearly as much as I see the Celtics talking about it. Because the Pistons at least went to six conference finals in a row. Like that Pistons, to me is a the fantastic. The Pistons don't run. like talk about themselves like like they were the one thing stopping LeBron James from like being Michael Jordan, you know, like, and, and like also LeBron ended that, that Celtics team basically. So what the fuck? Like I, I had, they're the single most annoying team, annoying franchise. I just, the biggest fanboy coverage in the media. It's a pathetic thing. And the fact that John can't see through this is, Oh my God. Why? we know he's a paid show under the table all day long. <laughs> 
I'll keep, keep it coming, folks. I am envious of, of the Celtics. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and lie about that. The fact that Ainge has curried, has at once been a competent GM, not a perfect GM, as we know. He's made some, <laughs> he's made some errors and almost made the, a really bad one that he got saved from. Um, man, that's an alternative. I want to alternative universe. I wish we could live in. If, if, um, who was the team that would have been most likely to make the, tra- I guess Charlotte, right? Would have traded the four picks for, or t- yeah, no, they would have traded the, the, uh, Frank the pick. Kaminsky pick. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, no, but I'm envious of him because he's a, he's a pretty good GM and, um, he, he carries favor with all the media in ways that are probably disingenuous, but Hey, listen, he gets favorable coverage and I, you, you know, there's a few hills I'll die on the, the, the hill of like that shit matters and it doesn't hurt at the very least is, is one of them. But I think that also what plays into his favor is the fact that Woj and Lowe are both Celtics fans, or at least they try to hide it. But like, yes, he's able to curry favor. But the reality is that these guys are homers for him to, for their team to begin with. So already they're going to be viewed positively. And no, then- man, Zach Lowe actually wrote a really long piece about how he's not a fan anymore. He can just watch Celtics games and analyze them without any skin in the game. Zach Lowe. Zach, if you're listening to this, um, again, the that these are not my views. I just you are you are an idol of mine. I love you like I love Danny Ainge. Let that no, be. Look, I like I like Zach Lowe. It's just like I know. Can, it's pretty easy to to see like which which guys are getting information and from whom. Like it's pretty obvious Sean Marks literally will tell a reporter anything they want to hear, as long as they report things that he wants them to report. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just think it's like all I, I think most of that stuff is bullshit, as you know. So yeah. um, I don't even think it matter. I don't even know. I, not even that it doesn't matter. I just don't like I don't understand the reporting on it because it's like when you kind of start logically thinking about stuff, it's like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but, you know, I mean. Like, you know, Mickey Harrison, he's a good guy. He's a good good owner. Um, I'm sure Boston has good owners too because, you know, billionaires are all really good people. They are so. they're wonderful people. Um <laughs> So let's start, let's look at the East first cuz I I actually do think this is interesting. Of all the teams in the East, should should I think the team that I'm rooting for to fall flat on their face the most. I think it's 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 got to be either Milwaukee or Philly because well but it, it I, I I hate to give Jeremy's cockamamie conspiracy theories any credit at all <laughs> but I'm just like that can we play that out for a, a second that's what we didn't do last week because I was so flabbergasted so the the Bucks uh let's see they will they had they lose to the Heat, the Mickey Harrison's beloved Heat in the second round of the playoffs. They lose in six games. Eric Bledsoe literally vomits on half court in the you know halftime of like game four and then poops himself in game five. Um, Giannis, we get to October, whatever, 17th. He's like, yeah, I'm not signing shit. Um, what happens then? Do we have any clue? What do you guys think will happen? Like, are, is there uh, trade rumors? Like the Bucks are no, 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 no. They won't. They yeah. won't trade him. They you won't. Can't right? trade him. That's not you even. A, tra- that's a hundred percent. They they will. There. That is not in the cards. You can't punt on 
an MVP in his like you can't punt a season of a top three player under contract for your team, especially if you're a market like Milwaukee. You can't. unless it's a Spurs situation, in which case like the relationships yeah. are just wrecked beyond repair, and that's not realistic based on. Right. And also, yeah. what team? What team is going to trade for Giannis? I mean. You're probably going to want to be closer to the act. Like you could go all in on Giannis, but then what assets do you have? That uh, I would give up the play? Dallas picks for for Giannis. I don't know about that. Those Dallas picks are really good. <laughs> Listen, there. I I I guarantee you, I could find a Knicks fan on Twitter who would say, "He can leave in a year. Why would we give up yeah. those picks?" Yeah, I've been watching this sophomore in high school who's going to be picked like twenty <laughs> fourth overall in twenty twenty three, and I could tell yeah. you. Definitely worth it. No, it's that's the thing. I don't. I don't think Giannis goes anywhere, and it would just be unprecedented for the Bucks to even do that. But I think I'm rooting for. I'm rooting against the Bucks, obviously for reasons I've stated in the past. But more so than I'm rooting against the Sixers because I know the Sixers are likely. And look, I'll I'll eat crow if this is wrong. But the Sixers are ten and twenty four away from Philly, and I just don't see a world in which case they suddenly play out, you know outstanding ball like they would in Philadelphia where I think they went what like 29 and 2 so just cuz it's neutral court I don't think it's probably an average of the two and even if it is an average of the two then what does that mean you're probably maybe winning one series but losing in the second round yeah so, but like the the thing is I don't think they have Chick-fil-A delivery um <laughs> in the bubble so MB could really go off. Listen, he's going to play himself into shape. You're going to see. I'm, I'm actually so that's what an if interesting. Someone from actually brings in Chick Fil A just so Embiid fails. <laughs> oh my god, we considered. But it's funny because this stuff is all is all connected in in weird ways. So they, let's say let's go through the standings real quick. The Pacers and Sixers are both 39 and 26. Both of these teams have Nick. Well, no, we shouldn't say that. The Pacers have been linked. Or Oladipo, we should say, has been like linked to the Knicks. Although that report was bullshit. It wasn't a report. It was just like the Knicks would totally sign Oladipo. And it's like, okay. But where have they, <laughs> other than Begley validly saying the the Knicks and the Nets and like a bunch of other teams are going to keep an eye on Oladipo on, on the Oladipo situation? That, that, that wasn't like breaking news. Other than that, where has there been... Was that just bad aggregation? Somebody saying there had been rampant aggregate or ra- r- sorry, rampant speculation. I think, I think what happened is Bontemps had something in his article about like a team like the Knicks. That's keep right. An eye That's on it, Oladipo yeah. situation. Yeah. Which like I mean, you know why he even puts that in in the first place? Because it's like you say random free agent and Knicks, and it's like you have content sorted out for like the next twenty four hours. Um, but like, yeah, so it just ended up being this thing. But it's like, I mean, if you actually think about it, even I, I this is the thing the Knicks fans do now, too. Like anytime there's a report like this, people are like, why can't we just rebuild? And it's like, why? Why should a team not be interested in keeping tabs on a player like Oladipo? Who was an all NBA player uh, two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Like like every team, if you if you just were like, would you sign Victor Oladipo? I'm. I'm guessing the vast majority of NBA teams would just be like, yeah, like that'd be cool. You know? Yeah. Like, sure. Yeah. I'll sign Victor Oladipo. Like some of these, like to me, that's just, that's not even reporting. You're just like, okay, so the Knicks, we know the Knicks are not so stupid that they are not interested in Victor Oladipo. Congratulations, Leon Rose. (laughs) He deserves congratulations for that. My favorite is though, 
when fans are saying like, you know, oh, I just like, like you're saying, like, I don't want any stars whatsoever. I just want to build internally and focus on that. And then six months later, like, I fucking hate Kevin Knox. Like, <laughs> I would rather. <laughs> like, it's just, it's mind boggling. I got news for all those people who want to do that. Root for 0 and 82 next year or whatever is going to get you the best. But, but, if but then next, you fall to fifth, and it's like, okay, well, that was we, fun. If we trade Kevin Knox, though, Macri's going to have like an existential crisis in his newsletter, for sure. Like, no, I, like, no. What does this say about the Knicks? <laughs> I won't, What actually. does this say about our commitment to rebuilding and developing young players? I will. Click more. <laughs> I hate you so much. You are my least favorite living thing. Forget I, I dislike you more than the fly that I killed before we came on this. But the reason, oh, by the way, the reason you heard me freak out was because the fly had, had crawled under a picture of a rainbow that my daughter had drawn. And so nice. in killing the fly, I also killed the picture of the rainbow, which is why I was conflicted. And nice. then the Lance Thomas news broke. So you could see folks at home how really I was on very, like, not stable ground when we were going to record here. Sweetie, I ruined your rainbow, but the Nick, but the net sign Lance Thomas, so it's okay. That's not I. It's not a conversation I'm prepared to have before she's at least a teenager. Um, okay, so where are we at? So Old Depot, yeah, the Knicks and any team should keep an eye on him. Great. Um, I agree with you guys. It's the conversation has gotten silly um, about like no, we have to build from within because like. No, any team that's ever done it well has gotten lucky in the draft and drafted a superstar. And, you know, that's just the fact of the matter. You get good players. We can get good players. Um, I will not have an existential crisis if they trade Kevin Knox, Schwinnie Pooh, because, you know, it's like Leon Depends Rose. Depends on what they trade him for. Depends on what they trade him no, for. No, but even that, it's like <laughs> Leon Rose. Leon Rose was dealt this hand, you know, and it's like I would rather – him and more important, much more importantly, Perrin and and Zanin and Klein and the people who have actually whose jobs it are it is to watch guys like Kevin Knox and be like, is this guy suck ass or does he maybe not suck ass? Like make an honest assessment and then don't like don't do something or not do something because of the PR ramifications from idiots like me. So if they like if they trade him, it's like, you know what? My view is going to be all right. Well, they didn't think it was worth hanging out to him. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. But Ke- Calipari said it was going to take him 17 years to put it together <laughs> when they drafted him. So, you know, I, you really want- I still believe in Kevin Knox. I want I, we're noting a lot for the record. I want that noted. So I'm, I'm just I'm just curious what, John, would it take? Like what for you is a palatable deal where you would say, OK, I'm ex- I'm accepting of the knock of Knox being traded the minimum amount what like, would you say that is i'm not i can't i'm not gonna go through like every possible deal in my head but like for instance if they i i'm blanking on if the math would work but like if they swung um uh, marking in and i guess it would be felicio's feliciano i always get his name yeah wrong. yeah his oh, expiring yeah. uh carcass salary for randall knox and Something uh, the twenty, uh, maybe the twenty seventh pick. That pr- I mean, I can't imagine that gets it done for for marketing. You're also right. The math doesn't work out, but that's okay. If so, the, what the Bulls would need to send back like something. Thaddeus, you'd have to use like Thaddeus Young. Yeah, just- fine. Give me Thaddeus Young, and then that actually equalizes the. Um, well, that would mean them they'd be taking on more salary because I think Young is guaranteed more than Randall for next for the twenty twenty one twenty two season. 
Oh yeah, yeah, he yeah, is. he is. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like if it was basically like a, a young a team thought enough of Knox to make for him to be looked at as like more than just a skid greaser. What's like one level above skid greaser? Um, like the thing that you jam under the door to keep the door open. Like that's um, a door stopper. A door. Thank you. It's. See, this is why I had you on because this is these are the, these are the takes. <laughs> if a team viewed him as as a door stopper as opposed to just greasing the skids, yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with that. Um, but you know, it still sucks because he's eighth pick, any or whatever he was. Um, ninth pick, ninth pick, ninth yeah. pick. Yeah, sorry, 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 Nick Smith. Who did you want them to draft? I wanted them to draft Knox, which is part of why I'm frustrated because he's the guy that I had settled on. Is like I wanted ah, him. so there's an emotional. Yeah, factor. yeah. This is not, so it's really, all this is just about your. This is really more about your own like inadequacies. This entire pot, my entire career as a blogger is about my own inadequacies. Come on, this is. <laughs> um, we, God, we've taken so many, so so many turns. I can't even see the rails anymore. All right. So the Pacers and the Sixers. Let's let's get back to that. They have the same record. We got to figure the Pacers will fall down, which means the Sixers, will, in, all, in all likelihood, will move up to fifth and play the Heat in the first round. That's a bad matchup for them. I don't like that matchup for them. I don't think it's a great matchup for either of them. Um, I think it's a great matchup for reality TV. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's I mean, it's, true. it's probably the most watchable first round series. Although I feel like, is it a popular take now on Twitter to be like? Watch out for the Blazers in the first round against yeah, L.A.? Yeah, what the hell was that? Where yesterday? is that Rizzi's coming like, from? Like, oh, man, Nurkic and Collins are healthy. Like, okay, cool. So they're going to fucking <laughs> Watch lose. out! Yeah, second like, and like, third leading MVP candidates in the league this year. I saw I saw people saying, like, oh, man, I I bet if you ask LeBron, he'd want to play the, the Pelicans before he wanted to play the Blazers. And it's like, yeah, I'm, maybe. But, like, I, I also think if you asked him, like, do you think you'd lose to either of these teams, he'd just laugh. Yeah, I was about like, to say. I don't think he gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he doesn't care. Uh, and I, like, I, I like Nurkic a lot. Uh, yeah, I think Zach Collins still could be a good player, but like these guys are not going to come in and immediately elevate the Blazers to the point where they're able to knock off like the Lakers in round one. You know, yeah. give it a rest. They're starting Melo with the three. What the fuck are we talking about here? <laughs> right? This is not going to happen. Melo with the three didn't work in 2016-17, which is three fucking seasons ago now. Like. It's definitely not going to work in 2019-20. It didn't work in 2012-13. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, he worked at the four. That's right. He was always best at the four, in New York anyway. But please, let's hire Mike Woodson as our offensive coordinator. I want to make sure. Let's get, let me get that on record. Hey, Mike Woodson, the most progressive offensive mind the Knicks have had this decade. I, I'll be happy to see him. I, how can you not like Mike Woodson? He's a, he's a good guy. He seems like a good guy, at least. Um, He'd he, probably be a good quote. He has a, he's a good quote. He gave some fun quotes he did he's this big man he's this big it's huge um so let's say that okay so that first round series is going to take place so that means the sixers are either going to that means one of two if that if they move up to five that means one of two things is going to happen either the sixers get wiped in the first round by the heat or either the sixers or the bucks do not make it to the conference finals i'm liking that so I guess if I'm rooting for one thing more than anything else, I'm rooting for the Sixers to move up to five because I want to see either the Sixers or the Bucks have a bad playoffs. That's my um, that's where I'm at. 
But here's the thing. You need the Bucks to beat the Heat because if the Heat beat the Bucks, then Giannis starts thinking like, oh, the Heat, you know, free agency. Yeah. That's yeah. the team that beat me. If they beat me, they must be really good. So you need the Bucks to still beat the Heat. Basically, you just you need the Bucks to ideally not make it to the finals. I think they, they're going to make the finals anyway, probably. But um, I think the furthest they can go is the finals because then, yes, you have Giannis saying like, oh, you know, we came so close. But then in the back of his mind the next year, it's like, but what if that's the furthest we've come? I mean, then, he's probably already kind of like imagining the fit next to R.J. Barrett. Like, <laughs> he's probably thinking like, man, like what? Just thinking about like all the space that playing with RJ could create for him. <laughs> no, Woodson's I, I can't wait to pick and pop with Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> Woodson's Woodson's gonna play um, RJ as the point guard and uh, Giannis at the two. Actually, that's the. So are you are you predicting basically that Mike Woodson's gonna be the next head coach of the Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Kurt is he, Rambis is associate head coach. Is, yeah, right. Is he's what is he in the Lakers front office? I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They got they got their whole weird incest thing going on with the Lakers front office and everything. So his wife Linda has more say with the team than he does. His wife Linda was like, I think the way it's been explained is that she met Jerry Buss when she was working at the Playboy Club, and like that's how she became friends eventually with Jeannie Buss. So when that's the basis of like, how how did how did you guys meet? Well, I met uh, her dad at the uh, Playboy Club where I used to work. Oh. Okay. I mean, <laughs> eh, it's in the, the porn that they found that he liked on Twitter. I mean, it's all starting to add up. Oh, that's right. There was the porn thing. Yeah. I forgot they, about that. Great. What was it? Great asses daily. I don't know. I think that's what it was. Um, as I stare up at my uh, beer of the month club <laughs> newsletter, um, beer of the month, asses of the, as of the day. Okay. What's the beer of the month. <laughs> What's that? Uh, beer her, it, it was it was four this month. It was a oatmeal stout that I didn't really care oh. for. Um, in uh, in I hold on, I take pictures of them on my phone because I want to remember what what I like. Um, a harpoon camp wana mango. Oh, I had that last night or Wonder, two nights ago. Wonderful, wonderful. Was, yeah, yeah. And then the IPA that I really liked was Mahone. Ma- oh no, sorry, Mahou. M A H O U session IPA. Um. I, I'm not an IPA guy. This was really good. So strong, when, strong recommend. Which month is uh, Budweiser? Listen, my, my wife got this for me for Father's Day. My wife does not get me shit. So, you know, <laughs> my, my wife she, loves hey, me. She, got, she gave you a, a legitimate excuse to have a couple of beers. It's very nice for her. Yeah, no. It's, listen, I'm a lucky man. All right, <laughs> so we're, we're not rooting for the Bucks to lose to the Heat in round two? I, I, I The more we talk about this... I. I, I mean, I can't with the Bucks. I can't with the honest thing. I'm not ready for it. I, I, I'm sorry. I can't go there. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I love you. You're a great co-host. I just, I'm not mentally or emotionally prepared for this. I mean, you can still, you can still not go there and root for the outcomes that eventually get you there. You know what I mean? Like you can still want a player as good as Giannis is to fail with his team because that's just the type of person you are or can be. Um, and then like you can have the Knicks thoughts still creeping up there without it being the primary reason. Yeah. But as far as devoting my, like what little emotional capacity I'm going to devote to the, the restart of the season, I think most of that energy is going to be going towards the Sixers losing and looking bad because I don't 
know. And this isn't anything I've like. I just don't see them as a threat, so they're not a huge concern to me. I think I think John is saying he wants them to lose because then he thinks like. No, I think like, they're gonna break up that duo. Yeah, I really do. Well, John wants Embiid. That's yeah. probably what it is. You know, I you know that is I'm that's one island I'm not getting off. I'm I'm proud member of get that guy on the Knicks some way, but I. Okay. Proud member of Get That Guy fucking Weight Watchers program. But why can't why can't we see the very clear agenda he has here? He's going to like Barkley once did uh, from the you know three decades ago. He wants to eat himself off that team so he could go to a better team. I don't think he wants to eat himself off that team. I think he just eats like <laughs> like he just eats. I don't think it has anything to. There's no like he's not like being politically savvy here. Like if anything, I think it's pretty obvious he loves Philadelphia. He's like a god there. Um, you know, I mean, he can do no wrong. Anything that goes wrong is not Joel Embiid's fault. It is a referendum on whichever front office figure is not named Sam Sam Hinkie. It's about Colangelo. It's about Brand. It's about Brett Brown being a bad coach. It's about Ben Simmons not taking threes. Nothing is ever Joel Embiid's fault. It's not his fault that he had tummy aches in the playoffs because he was eating fucking 16 pounds of French fries every night. Um, no, that's not his fault. Of course not. And we should definitely trade for a player with that type of work ethic. I think that's a good idea. <sighs> I really, I really don't like you. I and, and again, I just, I just can't get over the like. I know, like you probably love Patrick Ewing. You probably you love Patrick Ewing more than me, hundred percent. I think that's, I, I think that's for sure. It's like, how could you? have watched all of Patrick Ewing's career and like watch this man literally give like his body to the Knicks and then look at Joel Embiid and be like, yeah, we got to trade for this fucking guy. Because I what, th- <laughs> what big guy with eating and motor issues has like gone on later in his career to not have those issues? No, I, I can't. Think of one. Well, I mean, Okay, so I'm not, let me preface this, I'm not comparing him to Shaq, not comparing him to Shaq, but like, you know, Shaq came in as a different, Shaq came in as probably the premier physical specimen of the history of the NBA. He was like Giannis. Yeah, and um, uh, Joel Embiid came in with broken feet. So again, it's not a perfect comparison, but Shaq obviously didn't give a shit about his, like, weight and like physical well-being for periods of time for Joel Embiid it was that good then I wouldn't care either no that's fair no that that's completely fair but but every all of the things you just said are why it's interesting to me because I think if though if all that nonsense which is very legitimate I want that to be clear also that's all legit if that didn't exist it wouldn't even be a conversation we would ever need to have because you like never in a billion years would the Sixers trade a guy with that talent and ability that didn't have any issues. Like the only reason right, they would, ever, right. you know, so, um, and I still think they're probably not going to trade him. And if anything, they'll look to trade Simmons, which they, if they, if they trade Embiid, I think the city would, I mean, something is getting burned down for sure. Um, if they traded Embiid, I think. Yeah. I mean, they ate horse shit when the Eagles won. What do you think they'll do when they lose one of their two guys? <laughs> and he's not like the thing is, I don't think they like. I don't think Sixers fans really love Ben Simmons. Like they know he's. I don't like, think they do either. I think he's like. I think they all know he's like a super talent. But like, there's shit about him that's super annoying. Also, um, 
Whereas like Embiid, I don't know. He just gets like even. I mean, he he's the process. Like ultimately, that's the thing. Like he is the culmination of like years of them choosing to suck, and for the strong and vociferous and very vocal segment of Philly fandom that like you know thinks Hinky is literally a god, Joel Embiid kind of represents uh, a, a lot to them symbolically i think about hinky yeah he's the last link to the past that they have and giving up it's kind of like you're just throwing the entire process aside and i I agree with that but you know i mean i'm at the point as well where look i i've stated very clearly that i don't want devin booker there's no trade that makes sense right now anyway and i don't want to trade him as a first step but if i'm looking at the two teams i would much rather trade in say two years from now uh, I'd rather trade for Devin Booker than I would for Joel Embiid and it has nothing to do with Joel Embiid's uh, talent because I think Embiid actually is a more talented player or at least oh, yeah. will be more talented but you then have to consider what comes after that and the effects that you guys are talking about with Embiid and you know just like what his body will become because big men maybe don't tend to age very gracefully and when there are prior concerns and when your blood type is Shirley Temple negative, like that is a problem. <laughs> so, you know, like, I good. think, you can, I think you can very easily argue like, yes, Mitchell Robinson is not even in the same stratosphere as Joel Embiid is. And he, there's a very, very good chance that he doesn't come close to scratching the surface of what Joel Embiid is on some of his worst nights. But at least you can kind of, Find a, a rim runner for a lot cheaper um, who can give you some of what you would get from Embiid versus someone who's like a consistently good shooter who can space the floor and add more. Like, and again, this I think Joel Embiid's a better player than Devin Booker is. It's just if we're looking at what two, three years out from now is, and especially when he is going to become a free agent at 29, like, do you really want to pay a guy a four, five year max deal, five if you've traded for him? Um, when he's about to hit his 30s, like we saw something very similar with Melo, and he didn't even play the same position. He had far less wear and tear in his career, and yet it like things just caught up to him. So it doesn't, like, it just doesn't make sense to me to go after someone like that. Maybe we could give him less than the max, but also uh, give him the rights to the original Shake Shack in Madison, uh, Madison Square Park. Oh, I mean he he. I mean that that's a game changer. He might walk to New York to uh to sign that deal. No, no, he's not walking. <laughs> I broke both my feet getting here. He'll 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 book a blade. Um I don't know. Listen, everything you're saying is <laughs> him and Leah Schreiber just chilling in that <laughs> terrible. Uh I'm still team and beat. Joel, I love you. Um yeah, no, whatever. This is uh, these are they're as we've all agreed upon, there's not really a trade um it doesn't make sense for them to try to swing a big trade in the next year anyway. So this is all far out stuff in the West. Uh, before we get out of here, just I, th- my natural gut instinct is to root for like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert to have some kind of like on the bench blow up. Cause actually, hold on. That is interesting. Cause Mitchell is extension eligible, obviously this summer. Mm-hmm. That's another interesting question. Like if he doesn't sign, if he's like, no, I'm not, I like, but that would, would, or if maybe, maybe he would sign a three year extension. I don't know. I feel like there's, there could be something that, that is interesting that happens there this summer that it would at least raise some eyebrows, but 
I don't think he's doing anything because of COVID in the salary cap. He'll probably wait and see. And I'm sure the Jazz will try to lock him in because then they could say, all right, well, now that you're under contract, we'll do whatever you want. If you want us to get rid of Rudy, we'll like we'll look into it. You're our priority. But, you know, I mean, I just don't see him locking it up because of the fact that there is still so much confusion that's going on with the salary cap. And But yes, I they're probably the team that I – personally would like to see kind of have everything blow up in their face. Um, I feel like the the Rockets are another one. I'd love to see the Rockets suffer. Uh, I was saying to Schwinn that I think that the Rockets are now, uh, they've now eclipsed on my list of hated teams, the Lakers. Um, and it's just the point where I would love to see them suffer. I think the one team or maybe, maybe two teams where I'm like very indifferent about uh, in the West would probably be the Clippers because I think it, it would be really cool to see Kawhi become, I think, one of three guys to win three championships all in different teams. Uh, but the other one's probably Denver. Like, I don't, there's nothing for me to hate Denver for. They're, every other team, it feels like there's a reason to root against them. And the Nuggets, like, I like Jokic. I think he's a really fun player. And I'm very curious to see what he does now that he's no longer Skinny. a thick boy. Um, <laughs> thick boy. Think, right, yeah. Um, like you could say, okay, well, they've built their team in so many ways off of the Mela trade. And it's like, yeah, but a lot also went right in order. Yeah, that was that like to seven happen. years ago now. Exactly. Like, like a lot of these other picks were Go just fuck yourself. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, like those are the only teams that I'm, I can find myself really tolerating, but, uh, I feel like the biggest team that I'm rooting for is just for no one to win. But um, that would also mean that there's some really severe health risks, and that's not something I'm looking forward to. I think I think the best the the team that could win that like affects the Knicks in no way is obviously the Clippers, right? Like there's like no downside to them winning because we're never getting Kawhi, never getting Paul George. So like that's... and it and it antagonizes everybody that we need them to antagonize, like Anthony Davis. And Giannis. So I actually on Anthony Davis. Do you think there's a chance that if he wins in the uh, in LA, it like I think there's a chance he could leave the Lakers no matter what they do. In I, I agree with that. I'm just I don't even know what would make it more. I mean, who the hell knows what would make I think it more it's better for them to win with Anthony Davis though, because I get the sense that every year is very important in terms of how. Because again, like I've said this, I don't see what team. Anthony Davis goes to if he leaves other than the Knicks because there are no other situations to me that make sense. Um, whether it's like big market teams all having um, players signed to long-term deals or the fact that he's not going to go to a small market team or the fact that Clutch is going to want to keep him in a, in a big market team. Like every year is important if you are the Knicks in the hunt for Anthony Davis. And if the Lakers win, it takes a lot of the pressure off of Clutch because it's like, okay, look, we delivered that ring for LeBron. And then he became that that third player who won three championships on three different teams. Oh, yeah. Um, and then you can kind of figure, like, we did exactly what we wanted to, and fans will, will not hate Anthony Davis the same way that they would have hated someone like Dwight Howard, where it's like, hey, we traded everything for you, and you didn't deliver for us. And I think that's why – I'm rooting in some ways for the Lakers to win at some point in the next couple seasons because I think it's easier for him to leave than, say, like if Giannis wins. I think you could probably make an argument that if Giannis and the Bucks do win, he could still leave because he could say, like, I delivered. It's just not – it's not for me anymore because of the direction of the team. But 
I don't see that happening. I think that if they lose, he's much more likely to do some soul searching. Whereas if he wins, it's like, look, I, I came up with this team. They took a chance on me. I had an entire organization invest their time and resources in, in building a team around me that fit my strengths and hid my weaknesses. And I think it's just harder to pull him out. But with Davis, there's just that emotional attachment isn't there. This is a guy who forced his way out of New Orleans and on the last game that he ever played, and he didn't even play it, I believe, was just him saying that's all, folks. So loyalty doesn't matter to Anthony Davis, but I think that there's a lot less pressure on unless, him until he to keep gets, him there unless he wins. Until he gets to the Knicks. Then I'm 100% sure he'll be extremely loyal. And yes. Like, yeah. The most loyal imaginable. Yeah, like Patrick Ewing levels of loyal. I would um, actually have a really tough time finding anything wrong about what he's done in his career um, in that scenario. <laughs> you know, Joel Embiid is listening to this and he's hurt very badly by the words that are coming out of your mouth. What did you do to his foot? <laughs> God. Um, all right. This is this has been fun. Um, this, this roller coaster ride of a podcast that started with all right, now that the Lance news has settled in, I think I'm ready to like go about my day um, <laughs> as, <laughs> as a normal person. Wait, no, I do want to get your I, I do want to get your take your takes on one very specific thing, which was the original thing I wanted to spend talking about in this, in this pod really quickly. So the the Popper's column this morning was that uh you know Tibbs could like wait out what might happen with the other coaching situations if the if it leaks that the Knicks offer him the job. And he turned and he's like, I'm not I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying yes yet. What what do you because I think they'll move on pretty quickly. And I have a I have a I would bet and it is not like any inside information. I, I would just bet they would hire a kid in that situation. What would your guys and what predictions? What would your reaction be like? Whatever. Give me. I think I would. I would be pretty out on the front office if they hire a kid in any scenario. Like, I don't mind if they hire like if they hire him as some fucking you know associate head coach, lead assistant thing like that. Whatever, like that's fine. I don't really care about that. Um, but like, if he's actually the head coach, I would be really pissed, and I think I would need to check out on the team for a while. That's fair, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, I think that if your biggest reason for getting Jason Kidd is to add a Giannis connection, then you're just setting yourself up for failure. There are other ways to get Giannis connections in the building than having Jason Kidd. You're basically just hoping that this next year, you're basically just bringing in someone like Fizdale, but he's uh, slightly, ever so slightly better at coaching, but he's also better at being a really shitty human being. And I just don't see why you would want that in the building. To answer your question, though, yes, I, I think that with Tibbs, it's kind of like, hey, do you want the job? If he says, mm, I'm not sure, the Knicks would say, okay, well, we're just going to move on. Because in, uh, we actually talked about this in the Posting and Toasting show, where I think that it is very much leverage as well for having these mentions of other teams. But if you're Tibbs, like, why would you pass up on this opportunity? Because if you're the front runner here, there's no way that you go to uh, Philly or you go to Houston. There's You're not going to be the front runner in those places. And so if you really want to get back into coaching and you really want to be with a team that uh, cares about you and wants to invest its time, why wouldn't it be Leon Rose or World Wide West? And if you pass that opportunity up because you're looking for something that's a little bit greener, then you could just wind up being in the same position you're in now, which is with no job and still searching for something. 
I I don't I don't think he's going to turn down the job. I think like is it crazy to say that this is being this idea that like he could turn them down for to go pursue another job is like um a an not this is going to sound really devious but like basically Leon Rose and World Wide West like they're the ones leaking it to get Dolan to okay giving Tibbs a longer deal because they want they think that would just be better a better for the team because it's better when a coach has more job security but b it's like better for the guy that they represented four months ago I, I think it's probably more just like whoever his current representation is I mean it, it could even serve as like see like he's wanted like we we need to get this guy and that could totally be like a PR angle too like oh yeah oh yeah like the Rockets we, we got our man right under Daryl Murray's nose like you know I think that that's definitely possible um but like I don't know man I just think I feel like this is genuinely his dream job and I, I agree. for whatever fucking reason and I would be very very surprised if like at the end of this he's just like actually I'm going to wait to see what happens in Philly and I think Joel Embiid's knees um and feet would actually uh, agree with me also and they would prefer that Tibbs take the next job um because and because Tibbs cares so much about the Knicks and values them as an organization <laughs> and is so proud that is why after Lance uh dispenses with this nonsense in 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 Brooklyn Come on home, big guy. I got it. You know, how about this? Can we at least agree that if Tibbs is hired and made Lance Thomas an assistant on his staff, that would be okay with you? I'm actually surprised the Knicks didn't do that. And I I just think it's, like, very weird how they always, like, it was, like, very obvious that they kind of sold Lance as, like, this cultural leader and, like, this voice in the organization and all this kind of shit. And it's, like... But then as soon as they they could get out of his contract, he was out of the con which is fine. Like they got out of the contract, which is totally cool, but like they just like didn't bring him back into the fold in any way. I thought that was weird. Like I just kind of assumed that he would have well, some role. He may he may just want to keep playing. I mean, if you're if you were a player, wouldn't you want to play for as long as like someone was willing to pay you to play basketball? Nobody yeah, paid him to how play many basketball. Roster spots the Knicks had. I mean, you're telling me that if you're a team like the Knicks where yeah, I mean, obviously it's a it's a different role. Don't get me wrong, but you're just paying Bobby Portis fifteen million dollars for essentially one year, whereas you could pay Lance Thomas the minimum, literally the minimum seven dollars. Right? <laughs> no, if Bobby gets and fifteen, Lance should get eighteen. Eighteen is can we pay Lance Thomas eighteen million dollars next year? I, I have to check make sure it's allowable under the cap. Continue. We can. Yes, yeah. We well, can. John's just confirm that he is not Brock Aller in real life. Um, but yes, I would say that like you could you could then use that money to do anything else. Literally anything else. You could try to search for a salary dump. You could you could just keep it flexible. You could, you know, anything that could be done. Um it just I don't know, man. It just doesn't seem like like Lance sure, like, yes, I, I agree that if he doesn't want to play uh, or rather, if he yeah, if he doesn't want to play, then he'd make a great assistant coach, but he probably does, and that's why he's still here. But otherwise, it's just like, you know, he, he makes sense for the Nets because of the fact that he is that culture guy. You just traded away Theo Pinson or, on waivers, and now he's gone. So you need someone to uh, band it together with a, with everyone who has these competing oh personalities God. on the team. I forgot we have Pinson now. Between Pinson and Lance, 
we'll have the best culture in the history of basketball. I mean, they should I mean, just, they should I just, the, they should get the ticker tape ready now. I think the Pinson one, I think there's definitely like some aspect of it that's like he knows shit about Kenny Atkinson potentially. Uh, no, I, I, I think and, there's a lot about the pit. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. And like, obviously, like his contract is somewhat better potentially to deal than fucking piece of shit Alonzo Trier um, who sucks and I fucking Man. am so happy he's not on the Knicks anymore um, uh, Miss, Miss Trier yeah. if you are uh, listening to the podcast that you once appeared on a guest on reminder that Ashwin or I'm not uh, why don't you, you should give out your home phone number or your I guess your cell phone number <laughs> nobody has do you have a home phone uh, no I do not have a home I, phone. I don't either Jeremy do you or your parents probably have a home phone yeah, they do. I don't. Okay. Okay. That's my God. We're going to, our kids are, well, I mean, you guys, uh, Schwinn, you're probably never going to have kids, but, um, right. I'm going to, I'm going to tell my daughter someday about like, we had a home phone and she's going to be like, what, why, what, why would you do that? What's a home phone? Exactly. Um, <laughs> man, all the, all the things that I get to look forward to. All right. Um, you want to do some, uh, any closing thoughts, Schwinn, any final thoughts from you? Um, no. Fuck Alonzo Trier. That's it. God, just, but. just making enemies. All these, <laughs> all these curated takes. Uh, oh, I got, a, I got a thought. I got a thought. Uh, wow. Okay. Bondi. I, I got a. Sh- I shit on Bondi a lot, but he's actually um, he's done some good work recently and deserves props. So I will give him props. Yeah, oh, that's nice of you. That's very. Um, and and my my final thought uh, before I turn it over to Jeremy is uh, I would like to give a shout-out to Jeremy Cohen for um, writing a piece that I think probably not a lot of people had the balls to even attempt. Um, I think I think the website really made it, to be honest. <laughs> just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I should actually probably say, before I turn it over to you, Jer- Jeremy, I, I just want to... I did want to say that. The piece was fantastic, and I, I if anybody's listening has not um, read Jeremy's thoughts on... Um, the situation with Steven Jackson and Deshaun ja- Jackson or Deshaun Deshaun Jackson and Steven Jackson, their comments um, last week. Go read that. It's on the Posting and Toasting website, which is the other thing I wanted to say, which is that nicksfilmschool.com to the 12 of you who are still occasionally visiting that site. It's, it's going to be down for a bit. Um, but again, all of the content that you would have seen there is now in the newsletter anyway. So um, subscribe to the newsletter. Shameless plug. Uh, Jeremy, I'll turn it over to you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I um, I was going to say something on our podcast and it kind of just took its own form and I decided to just keep writing and I was really happy with what I wrote and uh, Alex Wolf was really helpful in terms of editing and some of his thoughts. Uh, yeah, I, I agree as well, though, uh, with Schwinn, uh, Stefan Bondi, friend of the Jews, friend of the pod. He and Ian Bagley both came out against anti-Semitism, which is a lot more than some of their peers did. And that was really awesome to see. And um, yeah, I I mentioned this on the Posting and Toasting show, but I spoke with Gavin of Locked on Knicks and we had a conversation uh, that should be out soon. I'm not sure exactly when, but just kind of talking about. Oh, really? Okay, might be. Um, Just talking about everything involved with um, what goes on and what's happening and just getting a a hunch for it all. But yeah, you know, I mean – it's disappointing for sure, and I think that it's worth talking about for a plethora of reasons, especially since it's now affecting the NBA community at large and 
Adam Silver's silence is very disappointing. But um, I don't know. I just I feel like if if this has become in any way educational for someone out there, uh, then it, there is there is a way that we can use this positively. And um, yeah, that's uh, my cat clearly agrees. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'd like to say thank you and plug that. And um, I, I guess also kind of one of the interesting things with Woj as well is I don't think he should have been suspended, but I think that also um, Hawley, the senator from Missouri, his argument was very much in bad faith. But what people aren't really discussing is that there is a sense of um, hypocrisy here where there is something about speaking out about free speech when it's convenient to the matters that only appeal to you and the people that you profit off of. And again, like I, I think that what Woj wrote in the email, whatever, I think there is a level of hilarity to it. I think also breaking down why um, Holly was wrong would have been another great example, but that obviously wouldn't have been posted to social media because um, why would you want to post when you got owned by the libs? So yeah, I guess it's just um, to kind of wrap it up. I would say that there's a lot. It's just a very complex issue that athletes certainly try not to get uh, entangled with, and they just like this is in their stratosphere, and it's worth saying something, not just when it's convenient to matters that are yourselves. Um, so yeah, that and also uh, please stop posting memes of things that turn out to be cake. I'm getting very disturbed by it. What? What? You've you've not seen this. First of all, that was that, that was I, that was so eloquently put. I was going to add something, and then I'm I'm like I have, well we I, can, but let me just explain that uh, there's this trend on social media where uh, there have been things like Crocs or bottles of lotion that are so brilliantly designed and they're made of cake, and it's just a knife cutting through. Like there's a hand, and it's just a knife cutting through it, and it turns out it's cake. And it's very disturbing in so many levels. So uh, I thought you guys were. The fuck is wrong with friend. people? Get do something with your time. Other now. God. Yeah, like yeah. a podcast. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Listen, but, this so is. We can, <laughs> we can shift back to the conversation. I just I needed it to be said that it's uh, it's disturbing to see a hand get cut and it turns out to be cake. I don't need. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, God. All right. I have nothing. I can't go. I can't say anything else after that. I have nothing. I have no other thoughts. Um, this has been my. So th- why do we podcast? Because this is my hour of release and we've ended it with cutting hands that look like cake or c- cake that looks like hands. I don't even know anymore. Uh, Jeremy Schwinn, thank you for um, for joining me. Um, and uh, thank you, uh, dear listeners, for giving us some of your valuable time. We really do appreciate you spending it with us. And um We'll be back with you with another episode very shortly.